Welcome to today's episode. This episode is a short one. It's part of a longer conversation I had with my friend Tina. We're talking about digestion, and today we're speaking about some of the differences between inflammatory bowel disease and irritable bowel syndrome, often shortened as IBD and IBS. Tina Janssen has a Master's of Science in Clinical Nutrition. She's a former colleague of mine. Tina has her own clinic where she works with digestion and related disorders. She uses a whole person evidence-based approach to lifestyle, diet, and supplements in order to help her patients eat and live in a way that agrees with their gut. Tina's really into poop. In fact, you might say that she loves that shit. As I said, this uh, clip is part of a longer conversation, so more episodes will follow. So Tina, IBD, inflammatory bowel disease, what is that? Right. So, so um, it's it's actually if we think about the irritable bowel syndrome, it's it's what is irritable. That's the that's the main difference. So irritable versus inflammatory. So so IBD is inflammatory bowel disease, and that's the major um, sort of differentiation. And that's what what what's really important to uh, to know about these two conditions because when you if you have experienced digestive issues, you've probably been trying to um, uh, seek some uh, some sort of uh, rule out from from your doctor or or a specialist um, and what they will take you through is is different tests to rule out whether you have some sort of inflammation going on in your gut or if it's uh, only and quote unquote only irritable bowel syndrome so so inflammatory bowel disease would be conditions like Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, uh, celiac might also go into that umbrella um, uh, term. So, so things where you have an inflammatory component, meaning your your the tissue in your gastrointestinal wall or tract is inflamed in some way, and, and sometimes it actually makes uh, wounds. Okay, and why would it be inflamed? It's inflamed primarily because it's a it's an autoimmune disease. So something in your immune system is targeting yourself your own tissue something in your immune system has decided for some reason um, to target the tissue in your gut and if it's Crohn's um, it can be from like it can be all the way down through the entire gastrointestinal tract if it's ulcerative colitis it's primarily it's it's only in your colon Um, but but so so it can be different places in the gut but but the inflammatory part comes from your immune system right that is sort of a little bit um uh, skewed up or skewed uh, in terms of what it reacts to so the symptoms of ibs and ibd could be very similar um but why is it important to make the distinction between whether it is inflammatory or or not and that's exactly due to the inflammatory aspect so the autoimmune aspect because if you have, I mean, autoimmune diseases are actually classified as, as chronic diseases. And that goes to say that there's there's an, a part of your immune system that is that is um, reacting to something in an excessive way, or it's, it's reacting to something it's, it doesn't really have to react to. It's sort of mistaking, mistaking um, signals, and it doesn't really know what it should react to and what it shouldn't react to. So it's important because you would you would actually treat it differently. So okay. I would, I would, I would, I would you, sometimes you can treat it uh, with the same things because people react um, 
So there's some overlap. <clears throat> there's some overlap, um, but but especially what goes for the autoimmune um, conditions, which is the inflammatory bowel disease, you have certain aspects of the diet that can trigger that more, more so than it would if you have a, an irritable bowel syndrome. And, and that's uh, certain components of the diet that can sort of um, uh, trigger whatever immune response is already going on and is already uh, making that inflammation and in those in those wounds in, in your gut. So Tina, if I have digestive symptoms and I, I need to know whether it's an inflammatory condition or it might be IBS, for instance, what measurements do I need to get to know whether it's inflammatory? So you would need to... Um to seek to seek help from your from your GP first of all um, to start the process of, of ruling out and and he or she will most likely um, run some blood tests to check if you have inflammatory markers that are um, increased there uh, they will probably also run a stool test to see if the inflammation is specifically coming from the gut um, and if, if you move on from that, if they find something there or they don't find something and you keep on having symptoms, you might be referred to a specialist, a, a gastroenterologist, who could uh, potentially put a camera up in your colon um, or down in your, in your, um, through your gastrointestinal tract. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's not that fun, <laughs> but it can be necessary. They can take a biopsy, which is a, a, a small sample of your tissue in, in your gut wall to see um, in any kind of disease state or to see if there is any disease, if there is this kind of inflammation going on. So it's really an, an important part of the, of the diagnosis process to figure out if it is inflammatory bowel disease, meaning it's an autoimmune condition, because that also comes with other risks. And when you have one autoimmune condition, you more easily get another autoimmune condition. So we have many reasons to want to know if it's autoimmune or not. And and you can rule it out that way. So if they don't find anything on, on say, a, a specialist test with a camera up your bowel, um, you might end up with a diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome instead. Right. So Tina, what differences and overlaps in diet should people know about when they're, they're trying to address IBS or IBD? Um, it, it sort of come down, comes down to the autoimmune aspect. Um, the overlaps would be in, in the knowing that you both in irritable bowel syndrome and in inflammatory bowel disease can have sort of a messed up microbiome or an imbalance in your gut microbiome. Okay. So considering that, we, we, we have aspects of, of fiber intake, what kind of fibers, what kind of carbohydrates uh, do we feed our microbes with. Uh, so, so that's an overlap we can use in both conditions. So, uh, so back to the, the autoimmune aspect or the inflammatory aspect, uh, you, you have sort of where you differentiate between the IBD and the IBS is that certain food components um, can aggravate an immune response. And you already have a fire going in your gut if you have inflammation there, if you have an IBD. So you don't want to aggravate that even more. So we know that there are certain components of, of, the, of certain food groups, and that could be uh, lectins, for example, in nightshades. So that's potatoes, tomatoes, um, uh, eggplants, egg peppers, those things. Also gluten. Um, so so there is just, just, just to say that there are certain things 
your immune system is more likely to react to if you have an autoimmune disease, whereas you wouldn't necessarily apply the same things for IBS because it's not the same mechanisms, underlying mechanisms. Right. So for IBS, it would be more about limiting fermentation. Right. But often it depends on the underlying issue, because if it's if it's a matter of lactose intolerance or maybe even gluten intolerance or something else, it's that aspect is, of course, also taking into consideration but but yes overall and, and, and roughly put you can say that it's more yeah. about fermentation are there any other tools in the diet toolbox that we have we can work with uh, in ibd um most often it depends on where you come from and what you've tried um but but most often you go through some sort of elimination period where you try to see okay what happens when i withdraw some food from my diet say you want to try to see what happens when you take gluten out of your diet uh, so you go through some sort of elimination phase and you can do that with one or, or several food food groups uh, at once um, but of course you should do it in a strategic way you should work with someone who, who can who can help you um, make a strategy for how to do it and perhaps do it in a systematic way uh, and then you you reach a point where you see well does that do anything for me does that limit my symptoms or reduce my symptoms or and 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 exactly which one of those uh, eliminated foods are causing those symptoms so you will also go through some sort of reintroduction phase where you try to personalize your diet a bit more to see okay i might not react to this kind of food or this nightshade but i react a lot to gluten or i don't react to milk protein say cheese but i react to anything containing lactose so you try to go through some sort of re systematic reintroduction phase where you figure out uh, exactly what causes your what what aggravates your symptoms and eventually to try and keep down the inflammation that exists right so you want a broad as broad a diet as possible but you still want to at the same time uh, attenuate but at the same time you you want to minimize symptoms as much as possible absolutely so 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 i i always say it's we want you to reach the um the, the broadest diet possible but you have to go through this tract first in order to figure out how can you reach it so so sometimes you have right. to you have to scale down in order to scale up afterwards because there's some perhaps some some gut healing to, to put a modern word for it to do first before you you have the capacity to, to scale up your 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 different kind of, of, of food groups again okay okay so the ultimate elimination diet is probably what is known as an elemental diet um, and that's actually uh, the, the classification of that is is that it's a medical food and the the main um, uh, purpose with that is to give you only the essentials that you need uh, to survive basically so it gives you the elementals of a of your diet but it doesn't give you anything else meaning so, it gives you the, the the smallest components of all the macronutrients and it gives you all the micronutrients you need and yeah. that's it no fibers no glutens no lectins no plant phytochemicals whatever it also comes with our food right and and that can be that can be a tool if we want to um eliminate uh triggers potential triggers but we still want to uh have um we still want to be able to get energy if it's not i mean the next thing from that is of course a fast but this gives you the option to still achieve calories but in a non i mean you don't activate your 
your digestive system in the same manner because it's the smallest component of your macronutrients. So so you, your digestion needs to work less to absorb Right. So basically, it's really easy to digest and you it allows you to take in sufficient nutrients while removing all plausible triggers. Right, exactly. So, so it's, I mean, it can be used in many different ways. Um, and that's a whole nother talk for itself. But sure, but it's just to, to, um, to, to say that there are different tools you can work with. And, um, and, and um, there are different tr- tools you can work with in terms of, of sort of trying to, to scale down the inflammation that that's going on while still having you not only fasting, right, getting sufficient nutrition. Yes. Great. Okay. Thank you, Tina. Thank you so much.